Alleluia. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Trusting in the risen Christ, let us confess our sin and the misuse of God's creation. God Almighty, we are sorry for the times when we have used your gifts carelessly and acted ungratefully. In your mercy, forgive us and help us. We enjoy the fruits of the harvest, but sometimes forget that you have given them to us. In your mercy, forgive us and help us. We belong to a people who are full and satisfied, but ignore the cry of the hungry. In your mercy, forgive, forgive us, us and, and help us. us. We are thoughtless and do not care enough for the world you have made. In your mercy, forgive us and help us. We store up goods for ourselves alone as if there were no God and no heaven. In your mercy, forgive us and help us. Dear friends, hear the good news. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. Holy and righteous God, you are the author of life, and you adopt us to be your children. Fill us with your words of life, that we may live as witnesses to the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, 
one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. first reading is from Acts chapter 3. Peter addressed the people, you Israelites, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we had made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate, though he had decided to release him. But you rejected the Holy and Righteous One and asked to have a murderer given to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And by faith in his name, his name itself has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given him this perfect health in the presence of all of you. And now, friends, I know that you acted in ignorance and did also your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, therefore, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God.
This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus himself stood among the disciples and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Diane just read two beautiful Easter stories. In today's reading from Acts, we heard about a man healed through Jesus' name and the power of the resurrection. And from St. Luke's Gospel, we heard of an appearance of the risen Christ to the disciples. These are stories about newness and healing and life and all those things we normally associate with Easter. New possibilities, new horizons, new futures. But notice something else that ties these two stories together. We're talking about newness of life, but not without reviewing some history along the way. After Peter heals this man, he says, quote, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors has glorified Jesus. And in this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets. And likewise, instead of calling people's attention, and 
Jesus' resurrection appearance from Luke, he does something similar. He doesn't just show up and announce that he's back and send people out in mission. He says, everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. If you want to understand Easter, you need to understand where you came from. And that attention to history matters because in our life as disciples, Jesus is telling us, Peter is telling this crowd, and we're here, so why not? We're thinking about what it means to be a witness, exactly. We often think of witness as a kind of fun, uplifting word, but it's a little more complicated than that. Because to be a witness is to give an account, an explanation, not just of what you've seen, but of your own actions and what you've done, your own history. For the disciples who abandoned Jesus, this encounter with the risen Christ is a reminder of their own failures and cowardice. They are moving on, trying to expiate any memory of Good Friday and their own choices surrounding it. And now Jesus is here bringing all of those old wounds back. And for the people Peter speaks to, it raises questions about their own perceptions of God's actions. Where was I when Jesus was on trial? What was I doing? Being a witness, looking honestly at the past is difficult for them, and it probably is for most of us too. When he was four years old, the Bible translator and detective author, it's a fun combination, Ronald Knox was asked what his favorite activity was. Do you like playing with marbles? Do you like blocks? Do you like jump rope? And he replied, quote, I lie awake at night and think about the past. And though we too might lie awake at night thinking about the past, we probably wouldn't count it among our favorite activities. I can't remember where I parked my car half the time I leave the grocery store, but I can remember word for word conversations from years ago when I let my anger get the best of me. And those memories have a funny way of popping up around two o'clock in the morning. And of course, the struggle to see the past clearly is an issue of public memory. Look no further than our arguments over which figures should be immortalized into statues and cast into monuments. These are arguments not about whether these statues are aesthetically pleasing, they almost never are, but about whose stories they tell and how they shape our public memory. We often fret that tearing down such statues would be erasing history, but their construction can also be an act of erasure. Sometimes when we try to tell the story of our past, we end up obscuring as much as we preserve. To be a witness to history in ourselves is to be confronted with things that are often difficult, either because they bring things to light about ourselves we'd rather keep hidden, or because they make us question how much of our pursuit of self-righteousness might just be a lost cause. And yet, Jesus, in today's reading, refuses to let us merely turn away or wipe the slate clean. History can't be undone, can't be erased, can't be expunged. So why then does Jesus call us witnesses? Not simply to make us feel guilty or reopen old wounds, or to just say that we really need Jesus after all, but because God chooses to act within history, within lives, within time, within bodies. As the scriptures put it in many and various ways by the prophets, and now through the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. We know all too well that we are witnesses of death. We don't need anyone to remind us of that. But what Jesus tells us is that we are witnesses of life too. And whenever we encounter the world and the experiences of wraths and sorrows that fill our lives, we always expect for God to meet us there in the middle of everything, even in ways that aren't completely obvious or apparent or understandable to us. In fact, one of the things you probably notice, one of the things we can relate to, is that when you read these Easter stories, people really have no idea what exactly is going on. Usually, the gospel writers are in full control of the stories they tell, but here, it's like their grip on the story starts to slip a little bit. 
people are encountering something that goes beyond what they have the ability to describe and comprehend. Luke even tells us straight up the disciples were afraid and had doubts about this. They don't even really understand what Easter means, and yet Jesus still calls them witnesses. So becoming a witness to the resurrection isn't something that happens when you have some overwhelming experience where you feel like you have a totally coherent picture of the world, but even in the midst of our doubts and confusions. To become a witness, Jesus tells us, you don't need to go off on some spiritual journey to find yourself, and you don't need to have some road to Damascus experience. All you have to do is live. You, Jesus tells us, are witnesses. Witnesses of death and destruction and indifference. People who can look at that world and speak about it honestly. And Jesus tells us that because we can see the world clearly and trust that Jesus is always at work in the world, we are witnesses of the resurrection too. Now there's at least one more thing we have to say about all this. To be a witness is not to be an observer. It isn't to sort of look at the world at a distance and go, oh, isn't that too bad? Or, oh, isn't that nice? To be a witness is to bring about change, to make the resurrection of Christ and the promises of God more evident in the world we live in, where they so often feel absent. Jesus tells us that we put flesh on the promises of God and make them tangible in the lives of our neighbors. So that called, gathered, and sent by the risen Christ, we don't simply watch the world, but we heal memory and redeem history. So remember, that's who you are. Right now, today, just as you are. You, Jesus tells us, are my witnesses. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's your time, Sharon. We're trying to think about a thing that we could do today that would sort of mark the occasion of being back together in person on a Sunday for the first time in quite a while. And as it just so happened, Sharon and Fred are both becoming members of the church today. Why don't you go by Fred? That's perfect. Uh, because... The way we receive members into the church is by affirmation of baptism. And I think it's good that as we start today, sort of a new chapter in our life together, that we affirm our baptisms together. I will feed you all the lines, so you'll be okay. Dear friends, we give thanks for the gift of baptism as we come before God to make public affirmation, affirmation of our baptism into Christ. Let us pray. Merciful God, we thank you that you have made us your own by water and the word in baptism. You have called us to yourself, enlightened us with the gifts of your spirit, and nourished us in the community of faith. Uphold us and all your servants in the gifts and promises of baptism, and unite the hearts of all whom you have brought to new birth. We ask this in the name of Christ, 
Amen. And dear friends, I ask you to profess your faith in Christ, reject sin, and confess the faith of the church. Do you renounce the devil and all the forces that defy God, the powers of this world that rebel against God, and the ways of sin that draw you from God? If so, say, I renounce them. I renounce them. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father, mighty creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Sharon and Fred, do you intend to continue in the covenant God made with you in holy baptism? To live among God's faithful people, to hear the word of God, and share in the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news of God in Christ through word and deed, to serve all God's people, following the example of Jesus, and to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. If so, say, I do, and I ask God to help and guide me. I do, and I ask God to help and guide me. And dear people of God assembled here today, do you promise to support and pray for one another in your life in Christ? If so, answer, we do, and we ask God to help and guide us. We do, and we ask God to help and guide us. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O God, that through water and the Holy Spirit you give us new birth, cleanse us from sin, and raise us to eternal life. Stir up in your people, Sharon and Fred, the gift of your Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence both now and forever. Amen. So we're not supposed to yell or shout, but why don't we clap? That's appropriate. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and Sharon, whenever we're able to, we're going to have a nice party for you. So, all right. For those of you who don't know, Sharon was the church administrator here for 26, 20, 26 years. So. Dear friends, alive in the risen Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we bring our prayers before God who promises to hear us and answer in steadfast love. Living God, in the midst of Easter joy, we are still filled with questions and wondering. Open our hearts and minds as we encounter the scriptures so that the church embodies repentance and forgiveness in the name of Jesus to all nations. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Creating God like a master artist, you have fashioned the universe out of your love and delight. Heal your creation where it is in need of restoration. Provide all the inhabitants of earth a peaceful and sustainable home. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. God of all the nations, hunger and thirst for your righteousness. Many call on you for guidance and strength. Answer their hopes with the peace of Christ and give your loving kindness to leaders of your people. We pray especially this week for the people of Belarus, Moldova, Russia, and Ukraine. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Healing God, you hear the cries of those in need and answer them in their distress. Grant to those who are sick and suffering your compassion and nurse them back to health and wholeness. Be close to the hearts of, of the lonely this day. If you have any other petitions, I invite you to offer those at this time. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. O Christ, our God, Son of righteousness, by your divine touch you gave light to the eyes of the blind man who had been deprived of light since birth. 
Enlighten also the eyes of our souls and make us people of light so that we cry out to you in faith. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. With thanksgiving, we remember those who have died. Keep us in communion with all the saints until we at last find our rest in you. Hear us, O God. Your mercy, Your mercy is great. We offer these prayers in the name of the one who greets us with peace, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. 
At this time, we open things up for a few announcements from the community. I have one thing, but I'm going to let our guests go first. We're very privileged today to have Lori and Kristen here from Families for Families. I'll filibuster as they come up. Families for Families received an endowment grant from us uh, in December, I believe. And so we're privileged to have them here today to talk a little bit about their work. Uh, my name is Kristen Madley, and this is I'm president of Families for Families, and this is my vice president and right-hand woman, Lori Norian. Um, we are just so thankful, first of all, to be here on this beautiful morning and to be able to thank um, Pastor Joseph, the endowment committee, and the entire Advent Lutheran co community for the generous donation, which helped us to be able to purchase a truck um, to help us through our programming, uh, which we actually did a couple weeks ago. We're just waiting to get to the DMV and be able to register it in order to get it on the road. So we're really excited about that, and we just wanted to let you all know how grateful we are for um, the donation. And then I just wanted to let you know a little bit about us, for those of you who aren't familiar with us. I see some familiar faces that uh, volunteer with us already in the audience. But um, Families for Families is a 501c3 that links uh, families from more affluent areas to families that are struggling to make ends meet. The most important thing we feel about our program is that we like to um, have a personal bond with the families. Aside from providing material goods such as food or clothing, furniture, housewares, all those types of things, we uh, continue to stay in touch with the families. So they always know that they have us in their corner um, to provide support in any way that it might be or any questions or concerns that they may have. Um, <laughs> a little bit about how it started. Uh, my family, when I was younger, my mom always uh, believed in giving back. And so we didn't have a lot when I was a kid, but she always made sure that we gave to others with what little we had. So when I had my kids, two of whom actually went to nursery school here, <laughs> um, we decided, my husband and I, that we wanted to make sure that we instilled that in our children as well. So we started out giving to the Bergen County Volunteers All Wrapped Up Program, which is a program where you adopt a family for the holidays and provide them with gifts. Uh, the first year that we did that, we were matched with a shelter in Patterson called Hilltop Haven. They're a small shelter that works with families mostly. And we met Monica, the shelter director that year when we went to drop off the gifts. And her spirit, and generosity just brought me into wanting to do more for her organization and to help the people that she was already helping. So over the years, we continued to give to them and got more involved in her program. And then in 2014, the Bergen County Volunteers let Hilltop Haven know that they would no longer be part of the All Wrapped Up program because they were not in Bergen County. And I guess there was so much need in Bergen County that they couldn't then help also in Passaic County. So that year, Monica told me they weren't going to be able to be a part of it. And I said, you know what? I have this generous community in Wyckoff. I have friends and family. I'm sure that we can try and do what we can to get these families adopted. So I put something on Facebook. And within a couple of hours, we had 40 families adopted. So <laughs> we did that that year. The following year, we added a party also. And we just continued to do that and add more programs as we went. We ended up recruiting a great team of volunteers, which ended up being our board, and adding more programs um, throughout the years. In 2019, we got our official 501c3 standing, and we started what we feel now is our most impactful program, which is Furnishing Great Starts, which is where the truck comes in. Lori runs that program, so I'm going to hand it over to her, and she can tell you a little bit more about that and some of our other programming. So as Kristen said, thank you so much. We're so honored to be here. The Furnishing Great Starts program really helps families as they're transitioning from the shelters, and we work with several shelters in Patterson and in Clifton. So as they transition out of the shelter and into their apartments, we offer not only the support, so physically providing items to them, furniture, household items, basically anything you would need to furnish an empty apartment, and then we physically move the families in. So we recruit volunteers to help us, and then this is where the truck comes in. So we originally started moving everyone in our minivans and our cars, and then we would occasionally find volunteers that had trucks. And then we got um, into renting U-Haul trucks, and then finally now um, with the grant donation, we're able to help pr 
us purchase our own truck. So what we do is we contact, the shelters give us the contact of the mom, we reach out to them, we show them what we have in our warehouses so that there is choice and there is personal preference and they're able to quote unquote shop for what they want. And we then pull the furniture that they've selected that will fit into their space. We also do that with the household items. So we give them as much choice as possible uh, between the art donations that we have, the colors of the comforters, the sheets, the towels. So it's a very personalized experience. And then we gather volunteers on the weekends. We typically will move, I'd say, anywhere from one to four families a month in from a shelter situation into their apartment situation. And then, we, like I said, we physically move them in. We assemble where assembly is needed, and we leave them with a furnished house. We then go back and we do fill-in trips, right? So as Kristen said, we like to keep these ongoing relationships with the families. Their needs change over time. Once they're settled into their apartments, they figure out what additionally they might need or what might be helpful. In some situations, we're also able to take the moms, the clients, and bring them to our household warehouse in Wyckoff and really, truly give them a shopping experience. And I'll share with you one story where we actually had a mom from Newark that we were helping, and she brought along her son um, the first day, and he was there, and he picked out a few items. They brought along um, her second son the next day, and he hadn't been there the first day, so he didn't really know what the program was like. So he went around, he picked a few things, and then you know he was sitting on the steps before they were leaving, and his mom's like, okay, it's time to go. And he's like, well, don't we have to pay for this? And she's like, no, sweetie, you know, like this is all donation. So it's a really beautiful thing that we're able to give these families what they need. And honestly, we've, from the community, been able to support them in so many ways. A little known fact is that in Patterson, when you rent an apartment, you get the choice of either a stove or a refrigerator. The landlord doesn't have to provide both. So early on, when several families had this issue, we realized that and we were able to, we've been able to source refrigerators for any of the families that come to us that need them as well. So that's just one program that we do, and we're very reactive and responsive to what our participants need. So for example, we have a birthday club program, and that arose because one of the moms, I was asking her, what did she do last weekend? And she said, oh, you know, it was, it was one of her children's birthdays. I was like, great, you know, what'd you do? And she just looked at me, she's like, we did nothing. You know, there's no celebration. So we put together a birthday club, and what we do is we have all the children's birthdays, and we provide them with, you know, a, a, a muffin tin, you know, cupcake mix, some streamers, some balloons, and then a very small gift for the child. So at least the families have a way that they can celebrate. So we continue to build these programs. We do back-to-school backpack drives. We try to do programs around major holidays. We're looking at um, programs in the summertime that we can offer the families a way to get out and to enjoy. And as the families continue to raise you know, different needs and concerns with to us, we then try to develop programming around it. So we do really appreciate the support. The truck for the Furnishing Great Starts program is a tremendous help. Thank you so much for that. Oh, you do? That's great. That's perfect. It's always amazing to see people who see a problem and decide to just do something about it. Uh, we're glad to have you here. And I just want to thank the application. The connection came from Christy Rutherford. So thank you, Christy, for doing that. That's great. And you should let us know when you go to the DMV and we'll add you to the prayer list. <laughs> uh, the, yes, sorry, Christy. Great. Just for the people on the live stream, it's familiesforfamilies.com, 
and there's a donate button that has more information there. So I encourage you to look at that. The last thing I want to do, this is going to be super brief, this is fun. Usually, you know, at Easter, my habit is we make a point of thanking the staff and sort of, you know, Jason gets a cheesecake. Uh, you know, we all say thank you, it's fun. Uh, we couldn't do that this year because I wasn't feeling well, we were online, it was this whole thing. And so I wanted to make a point of thanking our staff today. Uh, Jason, Fred, and Joe is here. Uh, I have small gifts for you. These are icons from an Orthodox monastery in Boston that I sort of like. Um, I have one of these. It's been in my above my laptop for the past year. And whenever I sort of am feeling down and I'm like, what is the point of doing any of this? I look at this and it reminds me sort of why we're doing this together. And I hope that you put this somewhere in your house where you'll see it and it will remind you of all the hard work you put in this past year and of how much this community appreciates you. Uh, so I'll leave these on the table, but I hope that you'll join me in thanking Jason, Fred, and Joe. That's all we have for announcements. I invite you to receive the blessing. God of our salvation, you have restored us to life. You have brought us back again into your love by the triumphant death and resurrection of Christ. Continue to heal us as we go to live and work in the power of your spirit to the praise and glory of your name. And may Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. You are witnesses. Thanks be to God. Thank you.